This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. level with you to start the show. Today has been a uh, a long day. Today has been a a crummy day. I am tired. I am deflated. Bucks game wrapped up right before midnight last night, and naturally I couldn't go to bed right away. I had to stew and be angry that they lost. (laughs) I got to bed a little bit after midnight, got up early at the same time, and I knew today was going to be a drag the instant I woke up, because right up until the time my alarm went off, I was dreaming vividly, which I almost never do. I was dreaming that I was touring the Pro Football Focus headquarters, doing mock drafts. I think I've been reading too much about positional value and other crap at (laughs) Pro Football Focus. I'm dreaming about it. I woke up at 6.45 when my alarm went off, and I cracked a Mountain Dew that wasn't even cold at 7.30 a.m. Because I'm out of coffee. So, yeah, it's it's been that kind of day so far. I've been looking forward to this all day, but... Getting to 4 o'clock, it is, uh, it's been a real drag today. Not going to lie. It's the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and it doesn't matter what has happened so far today. It doesn't matter what's gone on between the time you woke up and right now. The day turns around right now. We start having fun. Our day gets better right now because the next two hours are going to be really, really fun. A lot of different things to talk about today. We have quite the variety. It's kind of been the theme of the last few weeks. We're going to talk about the Packers. We're going to talk about the Brewers. We're going to talk about the Bucks, and we're going to speak with our good friend Bart Winkler from the fan in Milwaukee, a recurring guest back to when this show started in late 2018. Uh, and he's been gracious with his time ever since then. About once a month he comes on, and I thought today would be a good time to bring him on because just judging off of his tweets and what little of his show that I have heard, I feel like he's going to agree with a lot of things that I say. And he agrees with a lot of the things that I have said this week. So I'm like, all right. Now's as good a time as any. Let's let's call on Bart. We'll put the Bart signal up in the air, and he will join us on the talk and text line coming up at 4.30. The talk and text line, if you would like to text me, you can, 608-796-2558. If you'd like to call, I'll open up the phone lines here in about 15 minutes. You can also tweet at me, at Wisco Grant. And if you follow me at Wisco Grant, you know that I was tweeting until about midnight last night, which is a terrible sign. If I'm on social media after 10 p.m., Chances are I'm not doing well. I was not doing well last night. The Bucks lost. They played in Phoenix last night. They lost by one, 125 to 124. And like Denver, which is a place the Bucks won on Monday, it's not a place that they've fared very well. They haven't played very well in Phoenix the last couple of years, which is saying something because until this season, Phoenix has been, they've been dump. They've been very, very bad. Uh, last year, they lost their one game in Phoenix, 140 to 131. In 2018, they lost in Phoenix, 114 to 105. In 2017, they uh, won in Phoenix, actually. Yeah, it's not a typo. They won in overtime in 2017. The final score was 113 to 107. So it's been four years, four seasons since they've won in in Phoenix. And I went back and I looked at the box score of that game. Get a load of this. Chris Middleton had 40. Eric Bledsoe had 30. Malcolm Brogdon had 14. Thon Maker. Yeah, that Thon Maker had 16, and Gary Payton was the other starter with five. Oh, my God. The bench, DeAndre Liggins had two points. DeAndre Liggins, I might reference that player more than any other weird random buck. I use DeAndre Liggins as an example all the time of exactly how far the bucks have come. Tony Snell, Joel Bolomboy, 
Bolomboy. God, I remember that name now that I try to pronounce it. Yep, I remember him. Sterling Brown, DJ Wilson, Jason Terry, and uh, Rashad Vaughn, who at the time was a budding star, and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. They didn't even play. So that was the last time the Bucks won in Phoenix, and that win propelled them to a record of 9-8. and eight. That was the last time the, B- the Bucks won in Phoenix. I got a kick out of that. They've not fared well in the Valley of the Sun. They were without Drew Holiday last night. Chris Paul unexpectedly returned, so I was I was worried. I didn't necessarily expect a Bucks win last night. I told myself going in, I'm like, hey, win, lose, don't overreact, don't get angry. It's just one game. The Bucks are on a winning streak. That's bound to end sometime. And when a winning streak ends, don't be the fan that overreacts. If the Bucks have won eight in a row, nine in a row, or if they've won 15, 20 in a row, it doesn't matter. If the Bucks are on a winning streak and that winning streak comes to an end, don't be the fan that loses it. Don't be the fan that freaks out. Right Now, with the Packers, we can always freak out because a loss is a loss. The NFL, it's, it's a lot different. But with the Brewers or with the Bucks, right? these regular seasons are wars of attrition, especially in baseball. But in the NBA, too, 82 regular season games or 70 in the case of this season, that's a lot. Right? There's going to be a lot of ups and downs. There's going to be winning streaks. Losing streaks, hopefully those losing streaks aren't very long, right? You can limit them to two games, three games at most. Don't be the fan that freaks out at the end of a winning streak. Don't be the fan that throws away the excitement and all the the positives of a 10-game winning streak to freak out about the one loss. And I was reminding myself of that last night going in. I was like, hey, CP3's back, Holiday's out. The Bucks never win in Phoenix. Just keep it together tonight, Grant, okay? That's what I was telling myself. And then I, I got mad. The Bucs had a lead. I'm up until midnight. Giannis misses a potential game winner at the buzzer. And I and I lost my mind. Despite having every... Like, I should have wrote my, written myself a note or recorded myself a video to remind myself, hey, Grant, go to bed. It's midnight. Get some sleep. You have a show to do tomorrow. But we're not always rational late at night. We're not always with it, right? You know this. Like, you wake up at 2 in the morning and you're freezing cold. What do you do? You, you lay there and you try to get back to sleep. You don't grab an extra blanket because you're not with it in the middle of the night. Or you wake up. This is my favorite thing to do. You wake up in the middle of the night and you're super, super thirsty. God, I'm dying. Like, your mouth is dry. Lips are dry. I can't sleep. I never go to get water. I just lay there and suffer because I, I'm half asleep. I don't know what's going on. Bathroom is 10 steps away from my bed. But no, you're, you're not rational. You're not with it in the middle of the night. And last night at the end of the Bucks game, I was, I was not rational. I was not with it. And I think a lot of Bucks fans were in the same position, and I noticed that on Twitter. These are my tweets from last night. You ready? Sheesh. God, go to bed. Go to bed, Grant. This is what I said. Very anticlimactic finish, and I wouldn't be bothered at all by this loss, except it's midnight, and now I'm pissed. Second tweet. What's Bronson Koenig doing these days? Could have used him there. If I'm referencing Bronson Koenig, I, just, just mute me. Get off Twitter. Go to bed. Be, be done with it for the night. Like, leave well enough alone. And I love Bronson Koenig, Aquinas alum, all-time Badger great, big shot maker. But if I'm tweeting about Bronson Koenig at midnight, ignore my Twitter. Grant, go to bed. Get over it. Right? So that, that was me last night. I, I hate to always be glass half full guy. I feel like I've been glass half full guy about the Badgers so far this season and about the Bucks too. I feel like I'm always carrying water for these teams when they lose. But now that I've got a a somewhat restful night's sleep, and I've had, you know, 24 hours or so to stew on this game. It's not a huge deal. And I knew that last night, and I let myself get angry anyways, which I guess is is kind of funny. That's why sports, that's why we love sports, that's why we hate sports. Last night's loss is not a big deal for all the reasons I already mentioned. 
They don't play well in Phoenix. They were without Drew Holiday. Chris Paul was back. There were lots of reasons to expect the Bucks to lose last night. And by the way, Devin Booker finally got it going last night. Devin Booker finished with 30. Chris Paul finished with 28. A really good game from Phoenix. And a, and a very exciting game to watch. Now, my team didn't come out on top, but that'll happen sometimes. A lot of reasons why the Bucks were maybe kind of up against it last night for all those reasons I just mentioned. But I also, I also think it, it bears reminding, something we got to think about, this is what we asked for from the Bucks this season. We wanted to see them struggle at times. We wanted to see trial and error. We wanted to see adversity. And we wanted to see close games. Because for the last two seasons, the Bucks have gone pedal to the metal to win as many regular season games as possible. Just win at all costs. Blow out the bad teams. Rest your starters in the end of the third quarter and in the fourth quarter. Win as many games as possible. Get that number one seed and get into the postseason. And they've been successful doing that. They've been the NBA's number one seed in the last two years. They, they haven't been able to do it in the playoffs. So this year, Bucks fans were looking for a different approach. Experiment. Adjust. Try different things. Struggle. And be comfortable playing in close games. Be comfortable in the one-possession games down the stretch. Last night was great experience in closing a game. Finishing out a game that's not a 15-point lead, but a back-and-forth game with lots of lead changes. There were a lot of lead changes last night. Let me pull up team stats. Hold on. I think lead changes is in here. Largest lead for the Bucks is 16. Largest lead for the Suns was 8. I can't find lead changes. Who cares? You get the point. It was very, very back-and-forth. Last night was good experience playing in a close game. Now, they didn't win. They didn't close the game. But that's good experience to, to draw on in a couple of months in the postseason. And I didn't love the final play. I also didn't hate it either. That's why I called the ending anticlimactic on Twitter. Because it was just, it, it, was, fi- it was fine. It was very weird trying to fall asleep after this game. Because I wasn't really angry, and, and I, like, but I wasn't happy. It was just like, well, Giannis got an okay shot, I guess. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It just, it, it, it happened. Shot didn't go in. It was a very weird feeling. Very anticlimactic. I've said for about a week and a half now that I I think Middleton's their closer, and I think Middleton should close games. But he wasn't feeling it yesterday. He was 7-17. He didn't reach 20 points, and he previously missed two free throws. That's We want to kill anyone for today. Let's kill Chris Middleton for for losing it at the free throw line down the stretch. Middleton wasn't feeling it. Giannis was. Giannis had a career-high 47 points, or a season-high. His career-high is 51, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But Giannis got a half-decent look at the end. It just didn't fall. I didn't love it. Didn't hate it. It was fine. And Devin Booker taking some shots at Giannis after the game. Maybe I... No, come on, Grant. Be honest. He wasn't taking shots at Giannis. He was asked how he felt about the shot attempt from Giannis. And he gave his answer. And then he went on to explain it. Now, I'm not going to play you the full answer. I'm only going to play you the part where it sounds like Devin Booker is is talking smack. Then I see you kicking yourself over that that free throw. But what were you thinking when Giannis got that last look? Uh, That we're in good shape. We're in good shape. So you can live with that jumper from Giannis, huh? Devin Booker talking a little smack. And I was going to make a big deal out of it. Like, oh, Devin Booker, he's never even made a playoff game. But I, who cares? That, that probably is a, a decent shot to live with. Phoenix Suns are probably okay with that shot. It was, a, it was a jumper off the dribble from the elbow. Giannis will hit that sometimes, but you'd rather have Giannis shoot that shot than Chris Middleton shoot that shot or Giannis get into the paint. And Giannis is good from the free throw line last night, 17 to 21. Maybe if Chris Middleton was hitting free throws down the stretch, right, the Bucs would have won this game. I'm not going to lose sleep over the missed buzzer beater. It was a fine shot, right? Last night was good experience in closing a game. Last night was also great experience for a Giannis game. That's a term that I, I just made up. 
a Giannis game. Giannis came close to his career high last night. He scored 47 points, and the Bucks lost, which seems very weird. Now, for some, some NBA players, that's a, a reality every week. Bradley Beal goes off for 40, 50 points all the time, and his team always loses because that's what the Wizards do. But one would assume, as good as the Bucks are, they got a good infrastructure in place, good rotation of players. Right, if Giannis scores 47, my God, how, how could they lose? Well, this has happened before. Giannis's career high is 51 points. He did that in the March of 2019 against the Sixers. I was there, by the way. I was there with my brother and my dad. The Bucks lost that game, too. That was the game where Giannis called Ben Simmons an effing baby. God, that was awesome. I loved that. Now, they ended up losing. Chris Middleton played like dump in that game. Chris Middleton played like dump last night, and I really like Chris Middleton. So I'm, I'm not slandering him, but I'm, I'm making a point. Both instances where Giannis went off, both with 51 points uh, last spring and 47 points last night, Middleton played the same game in, in both of these games. Last night, Middleton finished 7 of 17 for 18 points. And in 2019, when Giannis went off for 51, Middleton finished 8 of 18 for 19 points. Almost identical stat lines. In both games where Giannis flourished, Chris Middleton underwhelmed. It's interesting, right? Because for the last week, I I think I've I've hammered it on this show, talked a lot about how Chris Middleton compliments Giannis, how his game pairs with Giannis so well, how he is becoming Kobe to Giannis's Shaq, because I think they both play very similar roles. They're different players. Giannis is a little bit different than Shaq, and Chris Middleton is certainly not Kobe, but they play the same role, right? Giannis needs somebody to get him the ball, needs a shooter to compliment him and occasionally close games. Chris Middleton needs to be able to play off Giannis and play without the ball a little bit, as ball-dominant as Kobe was, right? He was able to play alongside Shaq. There was no more ball-dominant player in, in the league, right? We've talked about this a lot, but the thing is, Chris Middleton hasn't complimented Giannis when Giannis is, is, has gone off for 40, 50 points. When the Bucks are in total balance, which is like Giannis scoring 27, Drew Holiday's playing, Chris Middleton is perfect, and he has been perfect in those games. But in some of these games where no one can check Giannis, and Giannis goes off for 40-plus points, Middleton doesn't always seem to fit in, and he needs to learn how to fit in. And last night was good practice for fitting in. All throughout Packers season, I, I talked about Devontae Adams' games where there's games where just no one can check Devontae Adams. The Vikings, the Texans, the Packers had these matchups where there was no corner that could check Devontae Adams. And you're going to feed him the ball in those games on third down, on fourth down in the red zone. And why wouldn't you? Because no one can check him. And the Packers needed to get good at recognizing those games when they had such an advantage with Devontae Adams that it almost changes the way you, you call your offense. We have these games with Giannis too, where he gets in such a zone and no one can check him and he's shooting well from the free throw line. where he's scoring 45, 50 points. In those types of games, Chris Middleton's got to be able to feel it out. He's got to be able to play a little bit more naturally. Last night, it wasn't natural. And when Giannis scored 51 in the spring of 2019, Chris Middleton didn't fit in either. Almost identical stat lines in those two games. So last night's good experience. Maybe in the postseason, there's a game where Giannis goes off for 45. And Chris Middleton is going to have to play in such a way that complements Giannis where he can fit in where he can just be enough of a helper. And last night, he wasn't quite enough of a helper. Needs to be more nails at the free throw line, too, in games like that. Let's take a break. I want to transition to football because Bart Winkler will join us at 435, and I want to talk Packers with Bart. So let's get into Packers mode. I want to continue our conversation from yesterday about what was said by Mike Silver. Talked about a a piece that he did for NFL Network for yesterday's Slow News Wednesday. I want to expound on that and continue that conversation. That's coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. 
This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host, and my day is just kind of starting right now. It was, a, it was a long night last night, stressful night after the Bucks, and then I woke up and I had no coffee, so I was drinking room temperature Mountain Dew at 7.30, just just toxic. But now my day's really getting going. I'm, I'm glad 4 o'clock's finally here. Show has finally started. 608-796-2558, a couple of texts. One from Jeff. Jeff says, you need to be playing your best as you get closer to the playoffs. I've lost sleep getting excited or mad. It's about caring about the team and the roller coaster ride of sports. They can learn from adversity. Jeff, I could not agree more. I wish I could say the same about the text that I got from Ebo, our friend from the zone. This is, they talk about toxic. This is toxic. Ebo said, it's the regular season. Who cares? There was a time when I once liked Middleton. Then I realized he's a bum, especially in the playoffs. Ebo, it's a good thing you texted me on my personal cell phone and not the uh, talk and text line, because if you sent that to the talk and text line, I would ban you. That's just toxic. A bum. He's gonna be a third. He's gonna be an all star for the third time this year. Ebo. Ebo. He's on timeout. He's on timeout. He's not coming on the show this week. Ebo. I already booked a guest for tomorrow. So no, you're banned until next. You're banned until next week. Appreciate you guys chiming in on the Bucks. Let's get into football because Bart Winkler, our friend from the fan, is gonna join us at four thirty-five, and we're gonna talk about Packers. So let's warm up a little bit. We won't go in completely raw. Let's warm up and get in Packers mode before we talk to our friend Bart. Yesterday, for Slow News Wednesday, we heard a little bit from Michael Silver, the NFL Network. And I I found his words very motivational. He went on a rant saying the time is now, Packers. Get after it. Right? Your Super Bowl window is still open. Everything is not lost. Make a couple of moves. Get after it. This is Michael Silver on Monday. Two weeks ago, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> went to Lambeau Field and beat the Green Bay Packers at MVP Aaron Rodgers. I uh, very different organizational philosophies. Jason Light loaded up around Tom Brady, and the Packers act like, eh, Aaron Rodgers, he's 37, but we don't really, you know, the window, whatever. And they made one aggressive move last offseason, and that was to trade up in the first round to draft Jordan Love, Rodgers' presumed heir apparent. Not okay. This history has been passive traditionally. One time they were oddly aggressive, they signed Charles Woodson. He just made the Hall of Fame. You might have heard of him. Uh, two years ago, Brian Gutekunst, the relatively new general manager, signed Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos, Billy Turner, and it worked. Last year, other than the Jordan Love move, they were passive. Advice, go get everybody. I don't want to hear about the salary cap. It can be finessed. You can mortgage the future a little bit. And if you've got Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, take a look at who's around. Can you trade for Julio Jones? I don't know. Can you get Kenny Galladay? Can you get Marvin Jones? Go get everyone. Receivers. And by the way, you just hired a great new defensive coordinator in Joe Barry. Go get him some dogs, too. Get everyone before the Aaron Rodgers window is shut. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I needed that. I needed that energy after Packers fandom. We're a little dejected right now. We're a little down for the count. We're sad. We're going to lose a lot of free agents, feel like we just missed out on our best shot to win the Super Bowl. And we probably did, but 
we can dwell on that or we can try to be optimistic. And Michael Silver being a little optimistic. Now, I love this. A lot of Packer fans don't. I'm reading replies on this tweet from Michael Silver himself, at Mike Silver on Twitter. Hayden, who's a Packers fan, Aaron Rodgers is his profile picture. Says $30 million over the cap, but yeah. Okay, okay we'll figure, figure it out. Figure it out. Uh, another response here from uh, Jim Leahy, Packers News. <laughs> Trailer Park Boys reference. He says, oh boy, it's Michael Silver again. Just when I had successfully forgotten you. Oh, so we're going to hate on the guy that wants our team to get better? Wants our team to try to win a Super Bowl? Yeah, screw that guy. Screw Mike Silver. I want my team to keep losing in the NFC Championship game. They were favored in the NFC Championship game. That's good enough for me. Just a toxic loser mentality. That's what that is. Folks, you got to realize, Mike Silver, when he's saying this, he wants the Packers to win a Super Bowl. It is okay to want to win a Super Bowl. I know that the Packers have 13 world championships, and they've already won one with Aaron Rodgers. I think it's okay to want another one. It's okay to be a little selfish. That's what sports are for. One more. One more. Like, like... LeBron James thing. Not one, not two, not three. You're always wanting more. That's the point of sports. There's a new season every year. And he's not saying the Packers should burn it all down. He's saying they should finesse some things. I don't want to hear about the salary cap. It can be finessed. You can mortgage the future a little bit. That's so understandable. He's not saying the salary cap is a myth. He's saying you can finesse it and you can mortgage the future a little bit. What's wrong with a little bit of mortgaging the future? Just a little bit. That's fine. He's not saying burn it all down. Now, I understand some of you really were offended at the idea of Julio Jones on the Packers. I don't know. That's so unrealistic. Why do you even bring that up? Yeah, maybe. He's just throwing it out there. Can you trade for Julio Jones? I don't know. Can you get Kenny Galladay? Can you get Marvin Jones? I don't know. Try it. Make a call. See if Julio Jones is on the block. You never know. Marvin Jones, that's very realistic. I really like Marvin Jones. He's been good for the Lions. So is Kenny Galladay. He's been hurt, and some people question his motivation. Maybe his motivation would be a little bit better if he was playing with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and not in Detroit for Matt Patricia. I just, I, I know I'm sounding like a 2017 fan here at the end of Thompson's uh, tenure, the late Ted Thompson, rest in peace, right? Sign free agents, make trades, be aggressive. That's not, that's not even what I'm saying. I want the Packers to simply explore all avenues of improving their team. And it's not just about trades and free agency. There's a certain way in which you can draft and draft aggressively. Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus put out his, his mock draft for the Packers earlier today, and I and I love it. And I don't pretend to know all of these players, but I'm looking at the positions that he's drafting. These are the positions they should be valuing. The first round pick took Rondale Moore, wide receiver, Purdue, second round, tackle, third round, linebacker, fourth round, Amari Rogers, the wide receiver from Clemson. And then he goes cornerback, cornerback, running back, cornerback, wide receiver. Yes, 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 yes. Let's get fast, dynamic players. I don't want another H-back. I don't want it. Like, if you get some defensive line, that would be great too. Draft positions of priority. Positions where playmakers can come in and contribute. And I know we've been lectured that, oh, you know, drafting players, we don't want them to contribute. They're supposed to be for the future. They can be both. The Buccaneers, this is their secondary that shut down Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Turned that offense into a skid mark. Carlton Davis, second-round pick. Jordan Whitehead, fourth-round pick. Sean Murphy Bunting, second-round pick. Jamel Dean, third. Mike Edwards, third. Antoine Winfield Jr., second-round pick. Packers took a running back in the second round. And I liked that pick at the time because I thought they were going to use A.J. Dillon and feature him and make him part of the offense. But no, they kept him in mothballs all year and then down five points in the AFC or the NFC Championship game. They didn't use him. Sure, Aaron Jones got hurt, but isn't that why we drafted A.J. Dillon? No. He started throwing the ball all over the field. There's a way in which 
to draft aggressively. It's not just about free agents, and it's not just about trades. Packers don't have to blow this thing up to put themselves back in a good position next year. But they have to try a little. Just try a little. Just try a little harder. That's all I'm asking for. Very reasonable. And Packers fans, it's okay. I want to win a Super Bowl. You can want the same thing. It's okay to be a little selfish. Let's take a break. Talk to our friend Bart Winkler from the fan in Milwaukee. Packers owner. He is invested in this quite literally. We'll talk to him about the Packers coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills, and I am uh, I'm just starting to wake up. As I said at the beginning of the show, I've been dragging today. I was excited for four o'clock to come around because then I can yell and get fired up and actually be awake. We've talked a little bit about the Bucks. Going to talk more about the Bucks and the Brewers as the show rolls along. Couple of texts. One from Ebo who said Middleton is a scrub, so he's he's banned from the show. We're banning him through the end of the week. Jeff says, "Who would you like to trade?" We were just talking about the Packers, and they should be a little bit more aggressive. I like what Mike Silver had to say on NFL Network on Monday. Uh, Jeff, I'm not a I'm not a big trade guy. I don't know. I'm not I'm not looking to trade just trade, right? I would like the Packers to draft a little bit more aggressively. Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus put out a mock today. You can find that on Twitter. Uh, Twitter. I think it's awesome. Cornerbacks, wide receivers, an extra running back, and uh, and a tackle. I love that. Threw a linebacker in there as well. I don't know any of the players, but that's not important. It's just positions. That's all I'm looking at at this point in the game. Let's go to the uh, talk and text line. Our friend Bart Winkler, uh, who joins the show about. Once a month, give or take. And, and Bart, I, I, I've listened to your show a little bit this week, and I've just been following along on Twitter. And it seems like we agree on a lot of things, so I thought the timing was good to, to bring you on today. And I appreciate you. How are you? Middleton is a scrub. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that tough? In the year of our Lord, 2021, we're still doing that? He's about to be an all-star for the third time. Isn't that a tough take? Wow. I know. Okay. It's tough. And I already, it, sometimes I have Ebo on. He's our, uh, the morning show guy in Madison on the zone. And I, uh, I sometimes have him on on Fridays, but I already have a guest book tomorrow on Ebo with the take like that. We might have to wait until next week. I said, you're banned through the, the rest of this week. Yeah. Ebo needs to think about what he's done. Yeah. Think about that take a little bit. Uh, Bart, I, I listened to your show a little bit earlier this week and you, you made it very clear that you've reached the anger stage of your five stages of, uh, of grief. Uh, and you know what's messed up is I hit my anger stage at 5.30 p.m. the day after the NFC Championship game. I had a meltdown on this show, and then I almost got in a fight with the first coworker I saw after I left the studio. <laughs> so at least you're, you're going through the stages with a little bit more uh, control than I am. Well, at least you're, you're past anger because the first stage is denial. Yeah. And I guess I just, you know, I, the more you look at that game – and I, I think a lot of us are – I think a lot of Packer fans are in denial still because, okay, Super Bowl, let's just get over it. If you really look at the game and then and you realize how many chances the Packers had, I mean, if, if you really let yourself look at the game, you will be angry because they had an opportunity and they blew it, and they would have been able to make the Super Bowl in a year where I, – I, I didn't like the offseason mm-hmm. and like the draft. 
I didn't like really anything they did, but they still would have made the Super Bowl despite all that, and that would have been a massive win, and they, they had the opportunity to get there, and then, you know, Devon, like Devontae Adams dropped a touchdown, and Aaron Jones fumbled and then didn't come back in the game. And Will, Will Redmond should have had an interception. Like, it's not just LeFleur, Rodgers, Kevin King, mm-hmm. like Patton. It's it's a bunch of guys. So I think the more that you kind of let yourself realize what happened, the, the more you'll be in anger. If you're past it already, Godspeed to you because I think there's a lot of Packer fans that are still in stage one. Well, and with the Super Bowl, too, you saw how – how I mean, the Chiefs were vulnerable. They, they could be had. Like, I think Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary, and Preston Smith, and Kenny Clark, like, they could have did damage against that offensive line. Who's to say the Packers wouldn't have blown out the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? Like, I, I don't know. That made it more painful. But I, I remember last week after the NFC Championship game, right, I was, I, I was on coaching and execution. I was not talking about the roster. I wasn't blaming Brian Gutekunst for anything. But the more I think about it over the last week or so, right, Tampa had coaching errors and execution errors in the playoffs, too. The difference is the general manager built that team uh, in a way that they could absorb errors, right? Like they added that extra wide receiver and that extra tight end, and they went above and beyond. So even if they made a mistake here and there in the playoffs, right, they could get over it. The Packers had no breathing room. So as soon as they made a mistake here and a mistake there, they, they just they ended up losing, right? Give me your take on coaching and execution versus the roster and, and exactly what went wrong in the NFC Championship game. I think the roster was good enough to get to the Super Bowl and win it. I I think a a big problem for the Packers outside of the execution was was the injury to David Bakhtiari Mm -hmm. that happened on New Year's Day. I mean, if if Bakhtiari is in that game, that changes a lot of stuff because both sides of the offensive line, Turner on one, Rick Wagner on the other, they got balled by Tampa Bay, just like Tampa Bay did to the Chiefs in a very systematic attack. And they did the same thing against the Packers, and then they did it against the Chiefs. So they they had a roster. This is this is where I'm having a problem. They had a roster that was good enough, and they they have had rosters the last decade that have been good enough to win a Super Bowl. If you know things, they they have rosters that are good enough to win a Super Bowl, but they never build a roster that is is destined to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, like they they never start the season. Jason Lick, when they were all drunk yesterday in Tampa, the Bucks GM, said, we're going to effing do it again. We're, we're, we're bringing all you guys back. We're going to do it again. And he says it with such a, I mean, he swears, first of all, and then he says it with such confidence. And then you look at what's going on in Green Bay, and it's always like, well, we want to get the best guy here. And we, we, there's there's not that like like fire, like, let's do this. Let's, let's put all of our chips in and I'm not talking trade every first-round pick. Yes. I'm talking about when you make a move this offseason, what is it for? Is it for this year or is it for the future? Because what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done is they went out and got Tom Brady, and now they are trying to win Super Bowls with Tom Brady. They don't know how much longer they're going to get Tom Brady. They were blessed to even get Tom Brady, and they're not wasting that opportunity. The Packers, on the other hand, have Aaron Rodgers, and we're instead planning, well, when Rodgers leaves, we still want to be in this spot where we are good. We don't want to, like, ruin being good. But you have Aaron Rodgers. You know, if the Packers were just some lowly franchise the last 10 years, going through Hunley and Kaiser and Boyle and Flynn, 
and then all of a sudden Rodgers was a free agent after his long career in San Francisco and then became a Packer in 2020, I think you'd see a lot more different moves because they'd be like, oh, my gosh, look at this man. We're, a, we're blessed to have this three-time MVP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Packers take him for granted, and then they're, they're trying to stay competitive after Rodgers is leaving, which that's one way to do it, but it's not the way that I think they should do it because they're going to end up with only one Super Bowl with him. Man, 2010. They won a Super Bowl in 2010, and they haven't been back since. And too many people that root for this team are okay with that, (laughs) and that blows my mind. Yeah, it's frustrating. We can be selfish. We can want more, right? Sports aren't real life. Like, it's not like we're taking food from other people. Like, this is sports. Like, we should want another Super Bowl. I agree with you. Bart Winkler... Our friend from the fan in Milwaukee. It's a little a little behind the scenes here since you mentioned these these other losses in the past. On my studio computer, I use Google Chrome, and I have all these bookmarks so I can reference things during the show. Because we've been talking so much about playoff failures the last two, three weeks, I have a bookmark on my toolbar for 2014, 2019, 2016. I have all of the box scores of these NFC Championship games marked on my desktop so I can get to them instantly. It is so depressing. I'm gonna, I, I hope I can get rid of them soon. But I've, I've needed to reference these back, and that's just so depressing. Well, and, and there's so many of them, yeah. you, know? you know? And so, so I wonder, like, I, I'm so deep in my feelings right now, Grant, that I'm wondering <laughs> what, what would it have been better of to be a fan of the last 25 years? Would it have been better to be a Tampa Bay fan the last 25 years or a Packer fan the last 25 years? Because, you know, the Packers in this last decade, Tampa went like 10 years without a playoff appearance. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's a lot of demoralizing, there's a lot of demoralizing years, but there's also like a level of apathy, I think, that we don't know that we're missing. Because what do we, we know all these playoff losses, these painful playoff losses. Imagine having two Super Bowls in the last 25 years without experiencing the 2014 NFC Championship game, without experiencing blowing it at home to the Giants, without experiencing getting blown out by the Falcons, without those experiences. And bad seasons are sometimes fun because that's when Sam Congato's emerge mm-hmm. and tickets are cheaper and you can get to more games and there's less pressure. So that's how deep I am right now that I'm, tr- I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to wonder if it's, if it's better to have a... a 25 years like Tampa, at the end of the day, bud, they both have two Super Bowls in 25 years. So who's really, you know, who's really foolish in that scenario? It's a really interesting hypothetical, right? The Packers try to maintain while these other teams, like the Niners, the Niners have made a Super Bowl, they tore it all down, and then they built it back up and made another Super Bowl before the Packers ever made their second with Aaron Rodgers, right? So there's definitely different paths that these teams are taking to championships, but it's hard when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers because you, you can't bottom out, right? The, the bottom is seven and nine, and it's really difficult to reload your team with with premium draft talent the way that the Bucks did or the Niners did if you don't bottom out. So I guess that's the that's the sticking point, and that's a really good point. You you bring up a point about the timing of Aaron Rodgers following Favre. Maybe that leads them to be a bit more complacent or or comparing Tampa Bay and, and Green Bay. It's you know what you know what really strikes me. You talk about better to be a Tampa Bay fan or a Green Bay fan. I hated watching the parade yesterday because I, I, of course, I feel like that should be the Packers. But I also, it made me so sad to see them in the sun and they're on boats and they're drinking and they have sunglasses on. And I woke up this morning and I wanted to work out and it was minus seven outside. That made it even more painful. 
Well, yeah, it, that, that looked like a that looked like uh, a parade from a different time. It looks so fun. Because right now in the country, I think Florida is the only state where the temperature is above twenty eight. And then, uh, you know, they they were acting as if we're not in the midst of a global. Yeah, uh, well, well, I mean, you, but the parade is on boats. You can't catch COVID on a on a boat parade, Bart. They're on boat. They're on boats. Right. That that <laughs> I, I just saw the CDC say that today. They said no COVID on boats. Yeah, I think that's a new. Well, we're always learning, right? We're always seeing more new yeah, research. Yeah, you know, it's a new virus. <laughs> never changed. Bart Winkler from the fan. I have two more things, really quickly. Number one, I wanted to ask about Aaron Rodgers because anytime he says something, right, it gets blown up. We speculate on it. So he won an MVP. He got engaged. And his team drafted his replacement in the previous year. If you had to guess, what do you think Aaron Rodgers is actually thinking about these days? What do you actually think that that he is is thinking about the Packers and his situation? Like, obviously, we'll never know. But as a, a Packers owner and as a, another radio host, what is your best guess? What do you think Aaron Rodgers thinks about these days? Dude, that's an interesting question. I don't know. We were watching the MVP speech that he gave, the real short minute where he's thanking Jody Foster and T-Bone and Cheddar Bob and Pop, Papa Doc and all these random people. Sounds, sounds like he works at a radio station. <laughs> yeah, Mark. He's thanking all these guys. And uh, and then he drops it. He's engaged. And then my wife is like, whoa, when did Rogers get weird? And I go, I know. It's, we, we've, slowly, <laughs> we've slowly watched it over the last couple of years. But if you don't dissect every press conference and you just you know see him do short little interviews after the game like she does and then so and then you see this minute presser it's like when did this when did this happen i don't know man i think he's just trying to be as happy as possible yeah you know he because he's on this like his his reality got got changed Mm -hmm. he thought he was for he you know he's aaron Rodgers. I think that he's still, you know, a humble guy for how good and, and famous he is. But he's Aaron Rodgers, and he thinks, look, I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'll, I'll be a Packer as long as I want to. And then the Packers are like, no, no, we're, we're, we're going to find your replacement. And it's not going to be one of the, like, elite quarterbacks coming in this year's draft. It's just going to be this guy from a mid-major conference who had a really bad year, and we're going to trade up for him. And so it, it, like, completely threw off his whole plane of balance, and – you know, the guy's seen an alien once, I, I guess, and he's – I don't know, man. I don't know what he's thinking. I, the interesting thing about Rodgers at this point is I think I care more about his legacy than he does. Yeah, yes. I think I care more – not that he doesn't – like, he wants to win. He's clearly devastated when he doesn't. But then if he doesn't win, you know, he's 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 got a good balance of football between everything else where most of us in the state, it's like – Packers are eighty five percent of our our existence. Oh yeah, just just as a fan, you know. No, I, I think I probably care more about his legacy. I get so mad when he loses and and his teammates let him down. I get so angry, and he he probably accepts it now. Uh, Bart, we we're very late for a break, but I I don't care. I can take this last break whenever I want. I want to ask you one more question. I and I'm and I'm being completely genuine here because I'm I'm very sarcastic, and that's my sense of humor. And even my closest friends sometimes can't tell, and I think I sometimes rub people the wrong way. So if you if you know me and you're listening, first of all, I apologize. Well, for that's that. why we seem to get along. I I know I think so, but I want you to know that I, I truly mean this. I think of you as as kind of a mentor and as an inspiration, and I enjoy your work. Wow. Uh, and I talked to you long before I ever got this show, and you've given me advice. And for that reason, 
I want to share with you my best take of the week. I'm very proud of this. I was very excited when I, I think I brought this up on Tuesday. Um, and I want and I want your opinion. My goal is to impress you. Russell Wilson wow. has been in the news this week, right? He's he's being dramatic. He's getting hit too much. He doesn't like his coach, you know, all these different things. I think Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll are exactly on the same path that Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy took. They're just a couple of years behind. I mean, think about it, right? McCarthy Rodgers win a Super Bowl, have a lot of early success. And then everybody gets paid. The defense trails off. And then Rodgers and McCarthy fall out of favor a little bit. Rodgers tries to do it all himself, holds on to the ball, starts getting hit, playing out of structure, and he gets sacked and he gets injured. Right, so what do the Packers do? Fire McCarthy, bring in a new coach to rein him in. Russell Wilson's doing the same thing, right? He's holding the ball too long. He's getting sacked. He hasn't gotten injured, right? But he's trying to do it all himself and not playing within structure. Now he's unhappy. I I would predict right now, and I've said this this week already, I think this will be Pete Carroll's last year in Seattle, and Seattle will start from ground zero. They'll bring in a new coach like the Packers did. I I think it's the same story. The Seahawks are just a couple of years behind. What What do you think about that? It's so great to see one of my pupils reach this level of brilliance. Oh, my God. Okay, well. Speaking of sarcasm, by the way. No, you're right, dude. That that interview Russell did with Dan Patrick, Russell Wilson hates Pete Carroll, yeah. I think. And at first I thought, oh, wow, Dan Patrick's really pressing him to get to get these answers. And then my co-host was like, uh, don't you think that Russell and his camp were like, Dan, keep pressing so that we can get these answers out and get it out there that Russell Wilson's tired of this crap? So, yeah, I, I'm with you. That's a good take. I'm, I wish they would have fired him this year so we didn't have Joe Barry as our D.C. and we had Pete Carroll instead. And it's the same thing. Like, I, I talked to somebody about this the other day, and they're like, well, if Pete Carroll gets fired, he'll find a job, right? He'll have his pick of jobs. That's what we said about McCarthy, right? Like, I, I think these two th- these two stories are exactly the same. And I just I wanted to share that with you and get your thoughts because I value your opinion. Once again, genuine, oh. even if I don't sound like it. So, yeah, that's that's my take. Bart, thank you, as always. I appreciate your time and, and your opinions, and I, I love your Tampa Bay-Green Bay comparisons and, and thinking about things different ways. So I appreciate you. Thanks. Well, we wouldn't have to do this if the Packers didn't blow it, so anytime. Yeah, I would love to have a conversation with you celebrating a Super Bowl one day. Let's have that as a goal. Bye, buddy. Appreciate you, Bart. Thanks, man. That's Bart Winkler. At Winks Thinks on Twitter. I was I always got to hit him with my best take. Hear what he thinks, right? See if uh, see if my takes are any good, or maybe I'm just trash. Ebo thinks I'm trash. Thanks, Ebo. Hating on Chris Middleton and hating my takes. Let's take a break. Come back and wrap up this discussion about Aaron Rodgers next here on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. rolling on. My name is Grant Bills. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out. Glad you're here to talk Packers, to talk Bucks, to talk Brewers, whatever else we get to before six o'clock. We just talked with our friend Bart Winkler about Aaron Rodgers. And I wanted to ask Bart, you know, what's Rodgers thinking about these days? What is he looking for? Is he actually mad at the Packers? Like what's, what's going on in his mind? Um, and, and I asked Bart because I heard Andrew Brandt uh, on a radio station in Milwaukee yesterday, did an interview, and I and I saw it on Twitter, and I checked out the podcast after the fact. And they asked Andrew Brandt, you know, what does Rodgers want? What's he looking for? Does he want more money? Does he want security? What does he want? 
And Andrew Brandt, who's worked with Aaron Rodgers, worked with the Packers, suggested that Rodgers is looking for clarity, which is why I'm playing this song, which is titled Clarity, by the way. Which is which is funny because the song, I don't think, actually has the lyric clarity in it. It's got a dope horn section, though. It says Aaron Rodgers wants clarity. And that's an interesting way of, of thinking about this. It's not necessarily related to money or contract extension. I think Aaron Rodgers wants an explanation. I think he wants clarity on what his future is going to look like in Green Bay. How long am I really here for? Right? What really is your plan for me long term? I think he wants to know. And obviously the Packers can't tell him because it would get out and people would lose it, right? We'd have a we'd have a countdown on Sports Center. Like they have the score ticker on the bottom. They would have a countdown of Rodgers' career in Green Bay. You know, this many months, this many days, this many hours. Right, if we were actually given clarity on the Packers' plans. Do the Packers owe Aaron Rodgers clarity? Right, like it's a sign of respect, to be honest, with your superstar players and to give them a seat at the table. But, like, some people might think that the Packers don't owe Rodgers anything. Anything. This is a very uh, contentious topic. Now, my opinion, absolutely yes. Right, the Packers should treat Aaron Rodgers a little bit differently. He's a three-time MVP, a Super Bowl champ. He gets to play by different rules. I think franchises owe it to those superstar quarterbacks, like the Saints owed it to Drew Brees to let him play out the string, even though his arm's basically gone. If Rodgers wants to play until he's 40 and he keeps playing well, Green Bay should let him. I think Green Bay should let him continue to play, even if it's not in the best interest of the franchise, which right now it is because he just won an MVP. I don't know if you watched. He was pretty good this year. Just something to think about. What do the Packers owe Aaron Rodgers? What do they actually owe him? Some people say nothing. I say they owe him quite a bit. Three-time MVP, won him a Super Bowl. They should make every effort to make Rodgers happy and give him what he wants. Let's take a break. Get back into the Bucks. Coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. The rock candy's melted on the 